I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Supercoach Edge for the round two review. And uh, you may have noticed as well, a bit of a return to uh, to the old intro track there. So it was backed by popular demand and uh, Jack Black with his little uh, saxo, uh, what's it called? The saxo beat, I think or something it's mm. called. Um, that's been relegated to the outro, maybe. We'll see how we go because uh, the reason that we took it away and switched it was because of our copyright issues. So we'll see how we go with this. Otherwise, it's uh, maybe a fleeting return. But uh, on to this week and... I mean, round two, much like last week, there was a bit of carnage to kick mm. off the round with Gorn delivering owners a donut and unfortunately not of the hot jam variety after he went down with injury. Steele was yet another primo to go down with injury, fracturing his collarbone, yet he once again played out the game like he did when he previously That's... did a similar injury last year, I think it was. So I reckon the bloke deserves a purple star just for courage. That's absolutely mm. insane. I don't know if you've seen the x-ray, but it's literally shattered. Like yeah. the whole bone shattered in, in like three parts. Insane. But then we had young superstar Nick Dacos put on an absolute clinic, leaving non-owners sitting in a corner like jealous kids watching as others play with the shiny new toy they now want. And they're breaking piggy banks and scrambling up any loose change that's fallen behind the couch to try and afford him. Uh, it's, it's happening now. The um, hysteria is high on Twitter. And what if Will set and forget a field? Who put in another monster performance Plus, we are on the cusp of price changes. All that and more in today's episode as I welcome in Liam. There's a wee bit to digest this app. Yes, there is. There's quite a lot going on. Lots of price changes. <laughs> lots of lots of lots of shiny toys that I want to get into my team. Um mm, a bit like that. Very happy with the the Will Setterfield pick, 147. Thank oh. you. Thank you very much. Probably the only shining light in my team this week. Um but the one uh, shiny new toy that you've got. The one to shiny with. toy I've got. <laughs> Yes, but uh, let's get into it. But before we do, let's uh, let's let's share the social channels so you can keep up with the with, uh, keep up with us and the latest news 
post-match Shippers Coach course and the odd meme or two. And you can uh, do so via Twitter with at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at Damon J88, myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Insta and TikTok, just search Supercoach Edge and that's where you'll find us. Now, this is a pretty important episode before price changes kick in. So it is fair to say we have a few options to discuss, but before we do so, let's kick it off with a look at some of the highlights, the lowlights and everything in between in this round for in the good, the bad and the ugly. In the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, for those of you who are new to the show, we roll through some of the notable and some of the more forgettable performances across this round of Supercoach. And we touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. Very nice. Well, uh, let's kick it off, shall we, With uh, as we always do, just start on a high. So let's start with the good. And it's probably fair to say who it's going to be. Laird. Rory mm. squared Laird. He has to take the full honours here. Posting a mammoth... 147 after posting just a, a paltry, you know, 50 last week, took the week off, bit of an RDO, or he pretty much left mid-shift, I reckon. He just walked off the field. He virtually could have done that because um, that's, that's all he played was half a game. And fair to say that he made all those coaches who traded him feel sorry for doing so. And as we said in last week's potty, he was a firm <laughs> for good reason. So we did, and we're happy uh, owners, I guess, just yes. seeing him through. So uh, you've got to ride the highs, got to ride the lows, uh, and we did so. So that was a very nice, enjoyable roller coaster. So thank you, Rory Laird. Yes, and just eerily similar to last year. So he started in round three last mm. year, scored 93. So that was the only time he didn't score above 100 for the year. Oh, no, sorry. He oh, wow. did it one, one more time in round 22 where he scored 97, um, but then went 143 the next week. So, mm. I mean, he went 50 to 147, oh, so, so very similar. So hopefully we can see lots and lots of tons for Rory Laird for the rest of the year. But uh, let's move on to the bad. And the bad for most of us uh, was Doherty, who disappointed, wasn't the only one, mm. but one that we will highlight with just a sc- with a score of just 74 in a win against the Cats. His kick-in rate dropped off from, from 40% down to 20%, but he was hasn't ever really been a high scorer against Geelong, averaging just 91. So, you know, I don't think there's too many things to worry about. I'm definitely not worried and he's not making his way out of my side. Um, but as we saw with Laird, keepers and primos are allowed some off games and this is no different. So hold on to him, please. Yep, he's please. another hold. Yeah, he's uh, he's an absolute gun. So do not think about trading him out. No, uh, and I see that he's been silly. traded out of 3.5% of teams already. Come on, folks. They're obviously not listening to Supercoach Edge. You should be listening to us and watching us on YouTube. Uh, we impart you with all this. We say like gems of wisdom, but really it should mm. just be common sense. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the ugly. Yes. And yeah, it's probably a bit harsh to name Gorn here. And yes, rightfully so it is because injuries can't be blamed. So unfortunate mm. for those owners there. But I think in terms of overall impact alongside expectation and price point, takes the cake here. And he most likely gobbles it up too, mm. knowing uh, knowing Hodor just by the looks of him. He loves he loves a, loves a cake. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he, uh, you reckon he loves a bit of a um, bit of a Woolies cake, chocolate cake? Oh, uh, it doesn't go astray though. No, it doesn't go astray. Just a good just uh, good cake. How many do you reckon he can? How many, <laughs> how many, how many do you reckon he can smash I, 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 in a I city? I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> By the look of him, I reckon he could smash at least a couple pre-game. That's what I reckon he probably did on the weekend because 41 points 41, is all he posted. From a supposed keeper, it just isn't good enough. So instead of, hold it during, I reckon he might just see himself out that very same door on the other side of the door. Absolutely putrid. But uh, that's probably a nice little segue in terms yeah. of talking about my own team. And I actually posted... Uh, on a positive note, 300 plus points more than the previous week's score. So I can't complain too much from the get-go. Uh, ended up scoring 2,200 on the dot. And I love round numbers. So that was uh, mm. was perfect. I think it was two. I think it was 2,202. And then got scaled down. And I was like, damn it. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, that's bad. nice. Don't, that's nice. I don't mind, don't mind it. Uh, in terms of ranking. So I actually went up 28K. Uh, so I'm making steady, steady progress and you're thinking, oh, wow, you must be in first place given that. No, unfortunately not. Not yet. Not yet. Ooh. I'm ranked at 47,491. So, um, yeah. Uh, what's that? A third, third of the way uh, through two almost. More, um, two more weeks and you'll be, you'll be minus, I don't know, a thousand or something. <laughs> exactly. I'll be above, so above everyone else that I'll just be off the charts. So look out for that. Uh, but in terms of trades that I made, uh, it absolutely gave me no greater pleasure punting the, uh, I think it was Jonas uh, Jonas Goat, uh, one of our uh, avid listeners slash watchers on YouTube. He commented on YouTube, and I love this. He called it a mid-fife crisis, and that's virtually what I was in. So <laughs> it gave me no greater pleasure punting that man Fife as it was, but to then have his replacement in Jay-Z deliver a 123 mm. almost made it worthwhile enduring the joke that it was with having five for a single <laughs> week to allow for that said trade. So um, I bid you adieu, Fife, and never go into my team again um, until 2024, maybe. We might rekindle our romance again for the sixth time. Uh, anyway, I also punted Flanders early for Philippou as I had seen enough of his... Uh, Unsexy ways, uh, and like I mentioned on Twitter, he's uh, more stupid, uh, less sexy, unfortunately, mm. and uh, conversely <laughs> love what I saw of Philippou in terms of job security and scoring potential. So yep. he was the other trade-in, and in terms of this week, I will most likely be targeting Chandler as the one must-have must have cash cow that I did miss, and am forced to use a trade on the Purple Heart Soldier, unfortunately, in Steel. We both love him. Um, he soldiered on manfully. But uh, again, much like last year, I have to bid him farewell as well, mm. unfortunately. So undecided what I do here, um, but I must say LDU looks like a tasty breakout option. And it's going to be interesting because I must admit in my first team that I put together, he was sitting alongside Tom Green and it's, it's virtually gone full circle. So I could end up in that same spot again. Otherwise, <laughs> there is another guy uh, that mm. you have, former Blue, uh, New Don, mm. going well. Nice little stepping stone, juicy option, option that you spoke of. Ah, oh, Liam, but I hand the baton over to you. How did you fare? Yeah, not well, not well. I scored 60 points under you. No, sorry, not 60 points, 80 points under you. No, 60 points, sorry. I don't 60, know yeah, don't, what don't, I'm uh... doing. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Uh, a score of 2,140. Uh, my ranking is still 50,878th overall, but I did go up 3,129 spots, which, to be honest, not good enough. Um, but upwards is, is better than the other way. So exactly. I'm, I'm happy, happy enough, I guess, knowing, knowing that and knowing that I had, a, well, we'll touch on it in a second. Uh, but, uh, yes, not happy overall with my score, to be honest, but it's, it's a strange feeling. I think I've seen a few people say this, they're looking at their team and just 
not really sure from a personnel perspective, not necessarily from the scoring, why mm. they're why, why they are ranked where they are. And I feel like that's yeah. a little bit how I feel. Like I'm not seeing any glaring holes, no. I'm gonna say, in my side. Um, but I am seeing holes in scoring, which is which yeah. is annoying. I think I'm just seeing a lot of poor individual scores. And just looking at my back line this week, the highest score I had in my back line was 78. So just big issues there. Know. Big issue there. Sure. But I mean, I did have Setterfield with 147. So mm. that was nice. That was very, very nice. Um forget a field. Yes. Yes. Set and forget it. Yep. <laughs> I only paid the one trade this week, though. Uh, I had Stuart, obviously. So he made way. And I brought in Ridley. So true to form, the Riddler decided to pump out a subpar score as a homage to my season-long ownership last year. So I <laughs> apologize to all owners because it was thank you. Was me. Um, <laughs> but let's look ahead. Let's 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 leave last week behind us and let's mm. look ahead. I'll be activating a boost Ooh. and may break my own rules and trade out some primos. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> fair, fair. It. It's fair though. It's fair. Look, on the block this week, potentially, uh, is Jack McRae. Um, mm-hmm. The concern I have with him is just the role and Bevo. Bevo is really the issue. He's the bad, the ugly, not yeah. the not Jack McRae. Um, yeah. And p- potentially Darcy, but <clears throat> it'll it'll come down to, we'll, we'll chat about Darcy a little bit, I think a little bit later. But uh, yes, those two are on the block for me at this stage. Now let's have, have a look at our head-to-heads early on in the season, Damon. Uh, one win apiece, but you... You've you've made some headway. Yes, I've uh, I've I've taken the honors this week, and like I said earlier, it's amazing what one week of being fifeless can do for you. Being fifeless in your life, it's a, it's a great thing to uh, to experience. Yeah. And uh, I level our head to head and take the lead in our points differential. So obviously both uh, one win apiece, and I have skewed that differential now. So in my favor, uh, plus thirteen. Uh, yeah, and I much. imagine it's going to be close for the rest of the season, as it was mm. last year even, I think. Uh, even though the wins were getting away from you, the differential is not, not too bad. It's always yeah. relatively close. Yeah. Um, I think we're reading each other's notes or something. Maybe it's like we all, like it's like we almost do a podcast together or something. Yeah, I know. It's, it's strange, like we always it? have similar advice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, very good though, David. Very good. Picked up that. Not even a set of field 147 could get me on top. <laughs> oh. But anyway, let's... Uh, Let's move on. With price changes coming into effect after this weekend, it's important that we uh, delve into all things trades in The Price is Right. Show me the money. Oh! Does that make you feel good just to say that? You're going to do, Show me the money! Yes, and uh, for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week or whether a specific player under question should be even traded at all. So we're going to kick it off by chatting about, uh, well, firstly, the all-important cash cows. So those on the bubble, as uh, as it's known as the term in the circles. And those cash cows are formerly known as rookies. So mm. try not to be blinded by the shiny uh, mid-prices first up, as it's these cash cows that will be making the cash yes. to allow you to upgrade those mid-prices to the primo. So it's a bit of a catch-22 almost in a sense. Um, so whilst it's good to get in the mid prices, first and foremost, get the cash cows in because it kind of like bridge the gap there to help you um, level up your team, I guess. And uh, given there are so, so many cash cows slash rookies, we'll bunch them into groups of must-haves, nice to have and avoid and chat through our rating of them mm. in terms of job security, scoring potential and cash generation potential. 
So, Liam, do you want to kick us off with the must-haves? Um, I'm putting brackets here, those with, you know, solid job security and scoring potential. Yes, let's kick off. And the first one we have is uh, Harry Sheasel, priced at 198.3K, scores of 114 and 114. Wow. Mm. Very consistent, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and a break-even of minus 116. Whoa! <laughs> Lordy. Oh, whoa. That's I mean, a classic. I don't even think we need to say anything. If you haven't got him, get him in. Bloke yeah. speaks for himself. He's a dynamo of halfback for Clarko, and he will be, at this stage, the cash cow of the season at minus 116. I don't even know what what is he projected to make <laughs> next week. Uh, he's projected to make 83K if he scores 67. Yeah, so... According to Supercoach Plus. That's, that's pretty decent. Pretty decent, yep. if you ask me. So it's fair to say he's going to make us beyond the 150K uh, that we're all hoping for mm. with all these rookies. So uh, who knows? Imagine if he turns out to be a keeper. That's uh, without getting too sidetracked. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, it'd be like virtually like a, a Mickey Barlow of uh, years gone by, uh, just in terms of first year players. But um, his ownership went up 30K uh, between round one and round two. And he's now owned by <laughs> dinner for two. Classic, 69%. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, if you're a part of that 31%, get him in your team. Don't stuff mm. around. Uh, another guy who you shouldn't stuff around with and it'll be surprising if you don't have him is Ginby of, or Jinby of West Coast. And he's priced at 171.3K. His last two, he scored 85 and a 76. So quite solid on field, which a lot of people who own him will be doing. And his break-even is negative 64. So he's already in 71% of teams. So probably preaching to the choir here and has solid job security and scoring. And don't second-guess yourself. If you don't have him, get him in. Yep. And with a projected score of 51, he is projected to go up 52.1K next week. So again, very, very nice. Now the next guy, could he be any more of a cash cow? Maybe he's... uh... I don't even know his first name. He's just Chandler. That's all. All we need to know him as. Kate. We'll say. We'll say Kate. I don't. No, nah, no. Nah, just Chandler. I'm happy with just Chandler. <laughs> just, just Chandler from Friends. Maybe? Yeah, from Friends. <laughs> I mean, name one famous person named Chandler. Raymond Chandler. Someone you didn't make up. <laughs> Chandler Bong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. He is 123.9k. He has scored 93 and 71 in his last two with a break even of minus 94. Wowzers. Oh, now just to give you the numbers. Yep. Negative 94. If he scores 37 this week, he'll go up 59.3K. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> questions. I think they probably still ask some questions over his job security, but I think they've they've lessened quite a bit now as he kept his spot with Fritch returning to the side. The only concern I guess we have is, um, what's his name? Uh, Pickett would also be out, may, may see him moving on, but I think we should hopefully be able to hold his spot. He is a mature ager and having been on the D's list for five years now and played just a handful of games, albeit as the sub in recent years, um, I think we're finally seeing sort of his his scoring ability. Doesn't have to rely on goals to score well with his work as a pressure forward. And he has the highest break even behind Sheasel of all these cash cows and will make 150K easily, you would assume. Absolutely. And uh, just quickly as well, with uh, with Cozzy Pickett, he has been getting a little bit of mid-time, mm. uh, at least 24% over the previous two, oh, sorry, uh, for round one, I should say. But 
over the preseason as well, he was experimented in the midfield. So it does give him a little bit more security as well. But um, nonetheless, jump on him because he's going to make us 150K very easily, like you said, and very quickly, hopefully as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, this man who you're familiar with, Liam, uh, Connor McKenna, former Don. He's priced at 167.5K. In his last two, he scored 93 and 78, and he has a break-even of negative 76, so quite juicy. And he's bringing much of what we liked when he was at the Dons, run, carry, and and just bulk points mm. all around. So he's going to make us bulk cash and be a reliable on-field scorer uh, as well. So if you don't have him and you're lacking for, for some points in defense, um, get him in. Get him in because he's yep. going to make you um, bulk cash, bulk points, and uh, yep. can't go wrong with that. Again, with a projected score of 62, he's going to make 62.7K next round mm. as a projection, which you think he should. Um, also coming up against the Western Bulldogs, um, just quickly, who do give away quite a lot of points to yeah, defenders. So there should be some good points coming up. Nice. Moving on to our next option, and it is Will Ashcroft, 202.8K. 55 and a 105 with a break-even of a minus 45. He is already in 79% of teams. So once again, we should be preaching to the choir here, but if you're one of those 21% of teams that don't have him, just change that. Change that, get him in. He is going to make decent cash. He's got amazing job security. Need Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. Yep, exactly. Uh, if he scores 54 on the weekend, he will make 45K and 54 uh, the next week will give him another 34.5K. So he's well on his way to mm. making that 150K that we require. So get him in and you can probably hold him for longer. He could be, again, like Dacos of last season. So super juicy option there. Uh, the other juicy option, which a lot of people already have, is Darcy Wilmot from the Lions also. Priced at 123.9K. In his last two, he scored 51 and 68. And he has a negative break-even of negative 49. Reliable looking and suitable cover if needed in defense as well, which is always handy. His disposal efficiency percentage can let him down at times, but we'll stick around the line side and make us a Muller. Yes. Bob Muller. Another one. Yes. Another one. And projected to make 39K with a score of 37 on the weekend. So... Yeah. Should be good. It should be good. And yeah, after that, should make it up to 186.4K. Um, if he again scores another, what was it? 37, I think I said. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, pretty good cash making ability there. Now let's move on to the nice to haves. And these are players who um <clears throat> either their role may, may may limit their scoring or they have just shaky job security. Um, so we'll kick off with Camati Camatini. Camatini. I can't, sorry. I'm Caminiti? Sorry. Yeah. Caminiti. I've been practicing in front of the mirror. Caminiti. Thank you. I needed to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in at bargain basement price, 102.4K. Scored 34 and 73 in his last two with a break-even of minus 49. Now, he has been a nice fill-in for the Saints with the absence of King, Hayes, and Membry, and just, I guess, anyone in their, yeah. in their team. Sole option. Um, with none of them... A hope of returning for the next six weeks at a minimum. His job security should be a fan until then. But beyond that, who knows? The issue I think with him as well as just obviously being a, a key forward, his deviation between his first two scores um, is what you're going to expect. It's going to give an idea of um, why he'll be a slow burn as a cash cow. But because he is 102.4K, he's going to make cash. He doesn't need high scores to make make a lot of cash. 
Yep, exactly right. Uh, so if you already have him, uh, yeah, you're onto a good thing. But if you don't, if you don't have him, uh, and you probably need a little bit of cash, like if you need an yeah, extra a bad option, 21k yeah. or thereabouts, like instead of going for a 123.9k option, uh, you could potentially go for him. But if you choose between him and say Chandler, for example, yeah, uh, for yeah. those inexperienced coaches out there, 100% go for Chandler because of that negative break even, uh, that that lower break even. Uh, with Chandler, yeah. negative 94, he's going to make you so much more money compared to Caminiti. But again, talking about job security, that's another reason uh, Caminiti is one to be weary of longer term. Uh, but the next option that we have is Charlie, Charlie Constable. Uh, he's priced at 123.9K. So I said that like... Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Uh, 123.9K. Uh, his last two, he scored 56 and 67. And has a break-even of negative 53. So whilst he's already in 68% of teams, if you don't own him, he isn't really one to drop everything to get. The return of Weller saw his kick-ins halved on the weekend uh, with Weller taking the most. Mm. And likewise, his disposals dropped. So his output rose, which is quite weird to say, off the back of a better disposal efficiency percentage, however, um, that held him back in week one. But that is a sticking point limiting his output Likewise, the return of Will Powell, who is actually listed as a, te- as a test for this weekend, could mm. also jeopardize not just his output further, but his overall role in the side. So we spoke of uh, previous weeks, even across the preseason of this worry, um, rearing its head. And there is potentially, maybe he gets moved to back into the midfield, but again, they're quite stacked, the Suns. Um, could he play a wing role? Maybe. Um, other than that, he could just find himself uh, out of the side, which is quite worrying with a lot of us having Constable as like our D6. Uh, so it means you may have to rely on bench cover in the form of Wilmot or a Cowan or think about maybe upgrading him. You know, if he does find himself out of the side this weekend, next week um, to another option like a Crozier, um, yeah. a Bose maybe. Um, but we can talk about that down the track, but just something to flag. So if you don't have him, wouldn't be rushing out to get him. Um, no, agreed. Moment. Yeah, agreed. I don't think there's. I, I think owners shouldn't be too concerned. I don't think it's a trade out option. Um, yeah. I think Ballard is facing a one week suspension off memory, so yeah, true. Should should save him at least for a week. Um, they're also playing. I think it's Orland. Yep. Um, ah, as true. Well. Yep. So that might also save him. He might be on the block before Constable at this stage. But again, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Um, especially with the way the Suns are performing at the minute. Uh, moving on to the next option, and it is Ned Long, uh, West Coast, um, small forward. Uh, priced at 117.3K, he has been very consistent with scores of 63 and 62 in his last two games and a break-even of minus 59. <clears throat> and as a young small forward, he has scored well enough across his first two games, considering he has only kicked to the one goal in total but has been helped by his high disposal efficiency of 80, 80%, sorry, and 100% along with his tackles. And has, however, struggled for game time with just 67% and 75%, which will limit his output. Um it's it's just not a super, it's it's not a it's not a role that I think lends itself to good super coach scoring as a young mm. small forward. Um, probably has decent enough score uh, job security ish. Yep. But not enough scoring potential, I don't think. I think again, if you're looking at him versus a Chandler, Chandler's who you should be going for. Yep. And again, I think if you're looking at him and a 
Caminiti. Yes, nailed it. You've nailed it. There we go. <laughs> Learning off the, on the spot. I would actually go for him because he's lower priced and probably has a similar scoring trajectory. Yep. Yeah, spot on. Exactly. And right. better job security, I think. Mm, yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I don't know if we put, no, we haven't really put these in order here, but like, no. yeah, we'll just, yeah. we'll, we'll backtrack if there's any, any players that you want to compare. Um, and likewise as well, like if you have any confusion and would like some sort of guidance, feel free to mm. hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. We're happy to clarify, but um, yeah, hopefully as we're rolling through, this sort of becomes a little bit clear when we're talking through them. Um, let's move on to, uh, to Matthias Philippou, uh, who's priced at 166.8K. His last two, he scored 76 and 59 with a break even now of negative 40. So the exciting Saint has looked impressive thus far playing in the forward line and he's kicked four goals across the first two rounds. Pleasingly, his time on ground has increased from 74% to 80% mm. and being a crowd favorite. Uh, and I think from what I can gather anyway, the coaches, especially um, Ross, the boss likes him as well. Uh, super job, super solid job security. Uh, but the only caveat is his scoring could fluctuate due to his role, but will make us bulk cash nonetheless. So very similar to Caminiti. You'd think he's got better job security of the two, yeah. but I think, and maybe, maybe he's scoring ceiling because he's, I think he's just more well-rounded, uh, talented yeah. player, I think, uh, comparing the two. But yeah, again, don't expect the world. Uh, his scores will fluctuate. He may even have games that are less than, you know, what he scored thus far. But um, yeah, so far, so good. Yep. Agreed. I've got him in. Um I've had him in. It's probably a tough one to get in at 166.8K in the forward line. Mm. Um, but I I like him. Um, got the DPP status as well, which is super handy. Yeah. Um, moving on to Blake from your mob, Ollie Hollands. 162.3K, scored 64 and 71 in his last two with a break-even of minus 35. And Hollands has impressed not only with his work across the ring, but also his pressure off the ball. He had a high... Season high, I guess career high, two games, twenty disposals on the weekend, and the fact he is starting ahead of Lockie uh, O'Brien on the wing, and relegated him to the sub does speak volumes. Could, however, find himself unlucky once Walsh returns in round four and five. So probably, probably that's his biggest issue is his job security longer term. Um, so might might not be an issue next week, but it could be an issue the week after or the week after that. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. The one thing with him is uh, that I've been impressed with, especially on the weekend against the Cats. Like he's just like second, third efforts. Mm. Um, he's got the work rate. Not, not. I'm going to say in the same wheelhouse as, as Nick Dacos because he's out of this world. But for a youngster, anyway, he's yeah. just showing that tenacity that you want to see at senior level. So I reckon the coaches would absolutely love to see it, um, and makes up for any sort of deficiency that he's got in his game at the moment, which, you know. Uh, can come in the form of his disposal efficiency at times. But again, he's two games into his career. Um, but yeah, he is being a youngster. Could be uh, one to find himself on the outer when Walsh mm. returns, as you said. Uh, but let's move on to uh, Alwyn Davey Jr. Mm. from your mob. Uh, priced at 117.3K. And in his last two, he scored 58 and 45. And he has a break-even of negative 37. And he's looked quite good in his first yeah. two games playing... Um, as a, as a four probably, but this does mean, however, his scoring will fluctuate from week to week. Likewise, similar to, you know, as we said with, um, with long from, uh, from West coast, um, unless he pushes up the ground more, Liam, you probably um, be able to speak to this more than, than what, uh, what I can, but, uh, in terms of job security, you think it's super solid. Is there anyone that could push him out? Uh, no, not off the top of my, I mean, not, I don't think there's anyone ahead of him in yep. terms of that role. Um, 
that I would want to play over him. Um, I think he's pretty safe. I think yep. he's pretty safe. I think his his pressure role as well should help him score relatively well. But I think you're right. There's going to be fluctuations. I wouldn't be. He's on my bench, and he's never going to be never going to be relied on as a scorer. Um, and I think you're right in the sense that he he's got job security, but his scoring potential probably is the thing that lacks there. Um, and that probably puts him in this this second category of um, nice to haves, I guess. Yeah. Uh, moving on to his teammate and Jai Menzi. 154.2K scores of 68 and 58 in his last two with a break even of minus 39. And he has kicked four goals in his two games and shown the ability to also push up the ground as a bit of a high forward, expanding his opportunity for the ball and in turn his scoring output. Similar to Davey, I don't think, I don't think his, I think he's probably, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to say. I'd probably have Davey ahead of Menzi, but I like them both. I think the way that Essendon, is playing. I think they're both pretty safe. Um, that's all I really have to say at this stage. I mean, the only issue I think I'm looking at coming in is probably you've got Stringer to return and you've got Welfie who played as the sub and you've oh, obviously yeah. got Tip and Woody as well, but he missed with soreness. Um, but I think Tip and Woody's probably still not entirely match fit. So, yeah. Again, looking towards the future, I'd be probably thinking you'd be looking at a Davey or a Menzi. Um, we're putting both of those two in the side. It's quite funny as well. Must must admit with Tipper being match sore after being the sub. Yeah, <laughs> you reckon it was that goal that he kicked that that uh, yeah, that goal just, from fifty just yeah. did him over. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> uh, well, at least at least they're uh, being sensible with him, like in terms of expectations. Yeah. Like he's yeah. um, I don't, I don't know uh, in terms of ownership what uh, what Tipper looks like, but I imagine there's there's not too many people out there that uh, that do own we'll him. Yeah, one one percent of teams. So um, that's good. Yeah. It's good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it might be. A, oh, well, no, he can't really be downgrade option because he's, he's too expensive, 209.6. Scrap that thought. But uh, let's do, <laughs> let's move on um, to the last option here in this category. And it is, I think his first name is Jack. Jack Buckley, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a quick look. Yes, Jack Buckley. Yeah. Um, just to iron that out. So we have a fresh in our minds for next time when we mention him uh, from the yeah. Giants. Yeah, maybe never. Uh, but however, he's actually scored quite no, well. Yeah, he got onto the Jesus radar. Um, on my little uh, little bit of research, I was like, mm. "Who? Who is this bloke? How's he scored so well?" So he's priced at two hundred five k. Very awkward as a defender. And in his last two, he scored eighty eight and ninety nine with a break even of negative fifty nine. Mm. So in twenty twenty one, he played fourteen games and averaged sixty six, um, but failed to play a game in twenty twenty two due to injury. He was a late in, in round one, but impressed playing off halfback. But as a key, a key position player, you'd expect his scoring again to fluctuate from week to week despite his solid start and no assurance of his long-term job security given he was virtually a replacement, uh, a late in, in round one. So hard to really gauge what his job security is going to be like longer term, um, whose role he's sort of filling in for. Um, yeah, nonetheless, I think he's scoring well enough as it is with a yeah. negative 59. If you are, I mean, we've got a few options there in defense anyway. Uh, a lot of people would already have Wilmot, uh, Constable, McKenna, um, Ginby. His issue is probably his price. Like, yeah, it'd have very to awkward. Be, yeah, like even downgrading a Jones to him, you're only going to make, what, 13K. Like, you're not, it's not yeah. really. And and you probably got less job security with, with Jones over, over Buckley. You'd probably opt to go for, I think anyway, if I was yeah, 
in the seat of someone that is looking for a rookie around about that price, I would opt to pay an extra 13K and go for Hayden Crozier, um, who we won't speak about this week because he's obviously only played the one game. We'll speak about him more next week, but uh, he's already got a negative break-even of negative 12, and he scored 96 on the weekend in what looked to be quite a favorable role that he had over the preseason. So um, look towards that, I think, uh, if anything. Um, yep. Another player who we haven't added in here, but I'll just, yeah, just quickly Bruce. mention on the floor. Look at this. I was Jeez. literally just getting his stats up. We're, <laughs> we're channeling the same. That. That was... like we're sharing the same, sharing the same heart as they say in the 40-year-old virgin. Our souls were connected in this way. I can't describe it. Time stood still. It was like we were sharing the same heart. Stop, man. Why do you always come and kill the vibe with those things? Sharing the same heart. That's like some... Britney Spears shit, man. This is three grown ass men. Don't nobody want to hear that shit? Yeah, man. Come on. Nobody wants to hear that shit. <laughs> um, so Josh Bruce uh, is priced at 161.2K. Uh, yes. He is flexible as a forward, but will get the defensive DPP come round six, you'd think. Negative break even of negative 33 at the moment. He scored Scores. a 50 and a 74. Mm. Um, so not bad. Not bad at the moment. He's kind of. Yeah, he's alongside Jones, I reckon. Me and yeah. Mrs. Jones. Um, he's, again, I think that 160 is a difficult price. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's another difficult price. I mean, I mean, we're talking about Philippou. You could downgrade us Flanders to him, potentially. Um, yeah, probably true. not one that I'd trust on field necessarily, but he is scoring better than Flanders, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But... I think a decent option, but I think still sits in this in this category because he's got the probably does have the job security, um, mm. or better job security, but probably doesn't have enough of a scoring potential. Um, and that awkward price makes it hard. Not awkward, just the one sixty k kind of makes it hard to get him in if yep. if you're looking at someone else. Yeah, totally agree there. Now let's move on to the last category, and these are the avoids. Their scoring is inconsistent, their job security is shaky, and yeah, they're just probably not great picks. And we've only unfortunately got one player in this category at this stage, and that is Campbell Chesser, who scored, uh, who is priced at one twenty three point nine k. He is defensive and midfield eligible, and he has two two scores of twenty and twenty seven, and a break even of twenty three, which mm. is not great. Uh, he was highly touted and looks to be struggling for fitness after returning from a 2022 injury layoff, underlined by the fact that his time on ground in round one was just 69% and was then subbed out of the game on the weekend with just 55%. So there's no guarantees that Chesser plays this weekend or on the short term for that matter. And if he continues being subbed or is named as the sub, you know, as he, he starts the sub, his cash generation will absolutely crash. It's an easy sideways trade to a Chandler if you have a DPP trade swing or another rookie um, if you need to. Yeah, it's not looking good for for, for Camper Chester at this stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, if he, if he doesn't play on the weekend, um, yeah, he could potentially be a bit of a loophole option, maybe, yeah. if you can afford to keep him. But I it's would opt price, to trade yeah. him. Yeah, I would opt to trade him now before prices change next week. Um, that's I also... More important. Yeah, I think if you're also running with a Madden, um, a Nick, I think it's Nick Madden, um, the GWS forward ruck, I would really urge against having another 
non-playing player as a loophole option. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth it. You, it's going to affect your cash gen. Um, you really, and that's, that's what, that's what this is about. And that's why we're talking about the rookies first, because you really need to be focusing on getting those right rookies. So you're making the cash for later on in the season. Absolutely. And I've noticed as well, sorry, Liam, that we've, uh, we've actually forgotten just to backtrack in back into the previous category. Uh, we have, uh, McKenzie of the Hawks as well. I think that's probably a given. A lot of people already have mm-hmm. him priced at 180.3K in uh, 60% of teams. There we go. So he's, he scored quite well, 93 in round one. I only scored the 52 on the weekend, uh, and it was contributed to the fact that his CBA has actually dropped from 52% down to 25%. Um, but again, as we've said all year with any Hawks player, they're going to get ample opportunity to play uh, week in, week out. And I think that will be the case with McKenzie. And he's got a negative 43 break even as well. So should make bulk cash. Uh, again, awkward height, sort of high-ish price point, 180.3K. Um, probably makes it a little bit hard to work him in. So if you didn't start with him, um, uh, you could probably get him in. But yeah, it's it's really up to you and it comes down to your budget. Yeah. The other guy that we probably also should quickly chat about is Fergus Green. So McKenzie's teammate, mm. um, priced at 123.9K, forward eligible. Um, break even of minus 12. He's had decent enough scores, I want to say. Building, he had a 33 in round one, 49 in round two. So it's going up. Yep. It's what we like to see. Um, probably sits in that um, nice to haves. I wouldn't probably be trading him in if you've, I'd, I'd rather a Chandler, they're the same price. Um, one's got a much better, uh, uh, sorry, one's got a much better break even of 94 yep. compared to Green's minus 12. Um, Green will make you cash. He's a mature ager, should have decent job security, but just probably doesn't have got the scoring, the, as high a scoring potential as Chandler does. So, yeah, um, worth mentioning for completeness, but probably not one to consider. Yep. Um, you could even look at potentially trading him out to a Chandler if you had no other issues um, or no other yeah, options true. to get Chandler in. Yeah, he was my other immediate thought outside of Chesser. Um, if Chesser yeah. put in a, a blinder on the weekend, uh, I'm looked all right. So yeah, I don't mind that. And just for overall completeness as well, which a lot of people already have him, but Oscar Baker of the dogs, mm. former D mm. um, he's priced at 123.9 K um, and his break even is negative 28. Uh, he's in 45% of teams already. He scored a 43 and a 55. So hasn't really blown us away with his scoring. And Did I mean, score a hundred in the preseason. So the preseason does yeah. have the ability, but there's a scope there. Hmm. But I think at that price point, there's probably better options there I'd be looking at before him just because of the Bevo factor. Like he's stuffing up so many players just in terms of their roles. Um, players going in and out of the team, McLean, Crozier, like those guys as well that we saw as options early on in the preseason. Exactly. So a bit annoying. But uh, enough of that backtracking. Let's let's move <laughs> on to the next, uh, all the, I guess, next dis- discussion point. And it is outside of the rookies talking about breakout contenders and money makers. So this is a handful of breakout contenders and money makers in the form of mid prices that you should consider bringing into your team based on your structure needs and budget. So Liam, do you want to kick us off there? Yes, let's kick off uh, with Nick Dacos uh, priced at 502.5 K break even of seven. And he is the junior Macedonian at Marvel, and he is showing every bit of his dad's talent, and even more, if that can even be believed. Mm. The hype is indeed real for Dacos, having scored 129 and 149 to start the season, playing off halfback. He, as we have said, is the shiny toy that everyone is trying to get in, and <laughs> he's just playing a traditional halfback role. He is roaming so far up the ground. He even slotted two classy goals on the weekend. 
not only is he at the starting chain of a passage, he can also run as far to be on the end of that chain. His work rate is that insane. Mm. It hurts. It hurts Crazy. that I didn't bring him in. Oh, no. uh, but again, will the tag come from opposition teams after disrespect mm. was shown by Geelong? And I mean, Port Port tried the tag with, with uh, what's his name? Um, Lockie Jones. Lockie Jones, yeah. Didn't really work. Didn't really work at all. Uh, but will the likes of Richmond, Brisbane and St Kilda afford him the same after such dominant displays? It should also be noted that Richmond give away the least points to wing defenders, um, which is what Dacos would be classified as, um, out of the comp. So could be a bit of a lower score coming up, but I mean, it could still be 100 plus um, if they don't decide to tag. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Hinkley as well. It just blew up in his face. I don't know if you, you saw what um, what he mm. said on Three AW uh, when asked about whether or not Port were going to tag Dacos, and he goes, "If he plays at half back, he'll be tagging one of our half forwards." And from what I've watched of Nick Dacos, he does not normally play on anybody at half back normally. Um, so yeah, I mean that's just that's just the way he plays. He plays off like he's not a super lockdown. Like that's, he's an attacking that's his defender. That's his role. It's like, like the Sinclair, it's like it's sorry, that'd Dawson. Be, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the quarterback sort of role in a sense. So I was a bit stupid um, mm. by Hinkley and yeah, he ate shit because, <laughs> because of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that like, and I'm probably more in hope being a non-owner, but like with every week that he's killing it more and more, surely that just means that we're closer and closer to like, an opposition coach just locking him down and targeting him first and foremost, because he's not just like another stat patter, like, you know, Tom Mitchell of years gone by. He's, yeah. he's so effective and this, he's setting up this scoring chains. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to look at the stats. I'd love to look at the stats and look at his score involvements from yeah. halfback. Um, but it makes sense to me. If you want to lock down Collingwood, you'd lock him down. Like locking yeah. down and you stopping Collingwood from from operating as well as they normally do, so that's where to me, I think we were talking about this um, a little bit. Like, do you want a forward to then, like you know, if you have a lockdown as a forward, they're not a scoring option, but potentially this negates Collingwood scoring option, so it kind yeah. of works. It's almost like he's a defender that plays as a forward in a sense, or like a you know what I mean? Like he's because yeah, exactly, he's an attacking yeah. player. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting interesting way of thinking about it, but hopefully. Yeah, as a non-owner, I guess I'm just hoping that he's yeah, uh, hoping. Pop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's interesting as well, like in terms of the, I'm just trying to have a quick squeeze at the number of goals. I don't know if it shows in the AFL app, but like goals that they've got from turnovers mm. um, or like drives from, you know, out of defense. So no, I couldn't find it, but um, I'd like to see that stat because he would be involved with the majority of those. Um, and it all counts as super coach points as well. Like, just absolutely insane meters gained, all that sort of stuff. Like he's just an all day runner. So he's just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but let's move on to another option. Uh, and it is Jack Zebel. Priced at 356.4K with a break even of negative 23. And he's fair to say back to his seagull halfback role that he made famous back in 2021 mm. when he averaged 107.6 across that season. And the fact that he has solid scoring history in this same role is evidence to suggest he can pick him with confidence, knowing he'll provide solid scoring, but also be a nice stepping stone down the track to a genuine primo. But that is if he doesn't become one himself. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. That'd be a plot twist. But uh, even more of a bonus is he will obtain defensive forward DPP status. Come round six to provide flexibility. So uh, 
just another string to his bow um, and something that we can all look forward to if we have him in our sides, which I do. I went early on him last week and super happy with that. Yeah, one I'm definitely considering as well. Uh, the only concern I think is probably Hall not playing in the mm. team at the minute. Could come he back in. Played well on the weekend as well. Yeah, depends whether he's best twenty-two. Depends whether he comes back in as a defender. Just sort of depends whether. I mean, we've seen them all play together in the past. I think Zebel that year that he was in the back line still scored massively when Hall was there. So it's probably not too True. big a concern. Uh, but one just to consider. Now let's move on to my new favorite player, Will Setterfield. 348.2K, break-even of minus 49. Definitely the favorite player in my side at the minute because I feel like he's the only one that's actually scoring well. Uh, he has scored 99 and 147 in his last two games and a break-even of minus 49. So we should put him back in in, in the uh, earlier part of the episode as a rookie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's predicted to rise 62.5K. If he can score 89 this weekend, now, as we've mentioned in previous eps, he has flashed his this sort of scoring back in 2020 when he played predominantly in the engine room when at Carlton with his last 13 games that season being scores of 88, 97, 102, 98, 115, 50, 102, 82, 141, 97, 88, and sorry, 107 and 111 for an average of 98 and a 160K price rise. He is one that you should definitely be considering getting in, I think. Um, I think his role, he, he he's a point of difference in this Essendon midfield and he's not going to cop tags. Like yeah. it's, you just know that they're going to go to, it'll be Merritt or Parrish. Then I don't even know, Shield probably next and then Setterfield. Um, he's just so far down the line, but scoring really well. And I think um, this week could be another good game for him because with, I guess Ross Lyons game plan of sort of more defensive play could create a lot of stoppages and give Setterfield some more chances to, you know, play around uh, the, yeah, the stoppage, I guess. I like it. Yeah. He's definitely one that I'm trying desperately to bring into mm. my side, <clears throat> but uh, I'm glad at least one of us has him, Liam, and uh, you'll be on him. So uh, kudos to you as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm harping back to that 2020. I'm going back in time. I remember when I was in the tram after one of those games, I think it was against <laughs> Adelaide and he absolutely tore them a new asshole to put it lightly. And I was like, this is it. This is like the breakout year. Mm. And he went on to perform well. And then the, the next season, oh no, we'll, we'll, coach is like, we'll just put him on the wing, put him at half forward, put him in defense. So dumb. So dumb. So I'm, I'm really glad uh, just as a player anyway, to see him go well because he deserves it. Even if it is at the Dons, um, <laughs> I'll let it slide. Uh, but let's move on to the next player uh, that you could consider. And it is Darcy Cameron. And he's priced at 465.9K with a break-even of 24. So he started the season on fire, posting scores of 103 and 137. And the ample time he is being afforded in the ruck is part of that reason in the uptick in scoring. After posting an equally equaling career best 68% in round one, he then elevated that to an outright career best of 72% in round two. And with Gorn's injury now counting him out of forward DPP eligibility mm. and being one of the top six scoring forwards that we're hoping for, does this now elevate Cameron into that position and into that same conversation, which we're kind of having during the preseason fleetingly until we thought, oh, okay, well, Gorn's pl- going to play more time at forward. He's going to get forward DPP. Like, and that was sort of part of the reason why I know we discussed it in terms of why we didn't select Darcy Cameron was because he wasn't going to be a top two ruck and he wasn't going to be a top six forward. 
Mm. So this is this is really something that I think a lot of people need to consider now longer term uh, when it comes to potentially bringing in Darcy Cameron. Yep. Yep. It's really, really frustrating because I think we both considered yeah. him in the preseason. I think his ruck split with Cox concerned us mm. um, and now is getting career best, you know, ruck contests um, week in, week out. Yep. Yeah, and it's frustrating, very frustrating. <laughs> uh, but I do like it. I don't mind. I mean, if you've got Gorn, I definitely don't mind down to Cameron and free up bank cash. Yeah, absolutely. Like bulk, bulk cash. And then you could upgrade mm. pretty much. You probably would go Jones to a um, to a day cost potentially. Day cost, yeah. Um, which I like. Two very good scorers there. Um, mm. Yeah, I think he should definitely be one that you're considering if you – if you can afford him, he's very awkwardly priced though, 465.9K. I don't know where you'd find the cash to upgrade to him if you didn't have an injury um, to a Ruckman. Yep. But yeah, I like the strategy. I like I like considering him as much as I would have liked to have considered him before. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to Luke Davies Uniaki. Next, next cab off the rank, 557.4K, break even of 18. He has averaged 113 in the last 11 games of 2022 and already lifted his game up another notch early in 2023 with a 143 and a 155 across the first two games. He is a tackling and contested possession machine, which provides a very nice scoring floor. And it's his sound kicking that provides him with ultimate consistency. 32 disposals at 78% in round one. And 30 disposals at 83% in round two. He is underpriced um, due to being subbed out for a shoulder injury and a head knock in round two last season. So it's fair to say we may never see him at this low price again, especially with his current break even being 18 and one that I am considering this week. Mm, likewise mm. as well. Uh, the expensive, the unfortunately injured steel. Um, absolute gun. And underpriced, like you should be, like retailers, as they say, this is going to be flying out the door. This is literally LDU should be flying out the door. All, all types of LDU. Get him in your side if you can. If if you're in my situation with Jack Steele, or I actually don't mind yours, Liam, as well with McRae. Mm. Um, probably an exception to the rule in terms of trading out primos, and probably Sean Darcy as well. But he's obviously in a different line. But um, going for someone like this who has shown enough the back end of last year. And already he's shown that he's taken his game again up another notch and he's going to be a primo of years to come. And he's already established himself, I think, as a primo uh, alongside Tom Green. Um, he's in the same conversation. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd get him in if you can. Absolutely. He is the third most traded in player at this, at this stage of the, before, I don't know, next round. 10.9% oh, wow. of teams have traded him in. Uh, sits behind Will Setterfield and Nick Dacos. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. He is hot property, yes. uh, so for, for for good reason. Uh, and let's round out this category with uh, someone who is uh, is going to make it again, a bit of money. It's James Warple. He's priced at three hundred nine point three k with a break even of negative twenty one. He's proved the doubters wrong with a solid showing across his first two games of the season with scores of ninety seven and ninety nine. And with a break-even of negative 21, he will make bank if he can maintain his scoring despite Hawthorne struggling on-field performances. That's probably mm -hmm. the one other caveat. Like we, mm -hmm. we've spoken ad nauseum about his uh, disposal efficiency letting him down from a super coach standpoint. He's no doubt still going to score well in AFL Fantasy. But from a super coach perspective, I think, yeah, his disposal efficiency, but then also the fact that the Hawks are going to find it awfully, awfully hard 
uh, as we've seen already in the first couple of games of the season to really win games. Um, so he's going to have to defy the overall performance of Hawthorne's team and yeah. um, still score well, which he is doing at the moment to his credit. So um, he is one to think about uh, potentially at that uh, price point. A little bit cheaper, what, 39k, thereabouts cheaper than Setterfield. But having said that, yeah, between the two, if you've got the cash, go for Setterfield. Absolutely. Yep. Faces North, Geelong, GWS, Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, Frio, Melbourne, West Coast in the next seven or so games. So just, okay. yeah, not not a tough run, but not an easy run either, I would say. But I feel yeah. like there's no easy run for Hawthorne the way they're yeah. playing at the minute. Um, yeah, but that's it. Rounds us out. Yeah, nice. Love it. Good. Love it. Pretty Love good. those options. Love those options. Let's, uh, let's yes. move on to... So to the next segment, and that is, Damon, I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes. Well, Liam. I'm... Oh, are you gonna, do, are you gonna show do. us something? So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, just gonna put something on. <laughs> uh, there we go. On top of my headphones. Look at this. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear it on the are, side. I feel like um, steamboat. Steamboat <laughs> Willie. Oh yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working at all. <laughs> with headphones on, we'll just perch on top of my yeah, on top of my top of my noggin. But uh, what happens in on the captain now? Even for those that are tuning in for the first time <laughs> and seeing me, if you're listening to this on the podcast, by the way, and you didn't tune into the YouTube, make sure you do so because you'll be able to uh, check out the little prop that we have going for this uh, this segment, and it is the captain's the I'm the captain now hat. And Liam, what is what is this segment? Yes, and I'm the captain now. Uh, we'll, we run through the VC and C options that you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. And as always, we scrounge the data and we find the best options for you to consider. But why, Damon, are you wearing the hat? Ah, uh, just because I like wearing this stylish looking <laughs> hat that still has the tag on the back, by the way, as well. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Isn't that the thing nowadays? Young kids leave, yeah, leave yeah, stickers leave on the their tag. hats yeah, and exactly. this is like the next level, just leaving the tag. So that's, that's, the, that's the style at the time. Um, <laughs> so obviously uh, what's happening is we're having a bit of a head-to-head -head, mm. uh, each week naming who we think is going to be the best captaincy option. And last week, I went for that oink, oink, pink, sweaty pig that is Clary Oliver. And you went for? Uh, the, the Bond. I don't know how the else bond. to describe him. <laughs> <laughs> the Bond. And sh should we go through now or should we leave it to the That's, end? We'll touch on that later. We'll touch on that later. Yeah, okay. You can, you can wear the hat. Wear the hat. All, all, all this, for this whole segment. Okay. Yay! Uh, it. I, don't, I don't know if the, I don't know if this is a victory or a punishment wearing this thing. <laughs> well, wearing it over your headphones probably doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. Probably <laughs> doesn't help at all. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the vice captaincy options. So these are guys who um, play earlier on in the round, um, and some of them are a little bit more risky. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd like to take a little bit of a risk with our vice captaincy option. So we'll kick off first up with. Player that that didn't get me the win last week, and that is Marcus Bontempelli, and uh, he uh, comes up against Brisbane <laughs> Lions on Thursday at seven twenty at Marvel Stadium, and he has an average of one fifteen point two five in his last four games against the Lions, uh, scores of one hundred eight, one sixteen, one thirty eight, and ninety nine, and just just to note, he has a one sixty six if we extend that out to five games, so could be in for a big one. Mm. Could be. Mm. And like I noted, noted last week, I was like, oh, you're going for one this week. <laughs> I was looking forward. Well, that's because you both stuffed up and didn't look look forward to like, because no. 
as part of the, those people tuning in for the first time that didn't tune in last week, uh, as part of the rules is when you choose a captaincy mm. option, you can't choose them in the following, following week. week. Yeah. Um, so now you can't choose Bont and I can't no. choose Clary, but I'm happy with that. And uh, we'll find out why. Well, we've just found oh. out with Bont. So he's a, he's a nice little option. But yes. uh, another nice little option, potentially, is Josh Dunkley, but it's a bit of an unknown. Mm. Uh, so he's on the other side of the fence here for the first time against the Dogs. He's former side. And um, yeah, no real data to go off, but you'd think he's going to be in for a big one. He's going to want to pre- prove himself. The doggies players probably want to get into him, all that sort of hoopla. As we know, they give him a bit of a uh, bit of rough all and that, tumble. All that theatrics. Um, but yeah, I reckon Dunks is, could potentially be in for a big one. Um, mm. So keep that in mind. Don't um, mind it nice as a VC. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, don't mind it as a VC because I think there's some good C options. Um, and I don't mind him as the VC. Just a, a little bit of a contrary pick could be a bit of a pod. Captaincy option, uh, VC option. Uh, moving on, and it is the man of the hour, Nick Dacos, comes yeah. up against Richmond on Friday at 7.50 at the MCG and has only played against the Tigers on one occasion for a score of 80. However, his two-round average of 139 says he should be in calculations for an early VC if you have him. Um, but that being said, Richmond are actually the stingiest side, as we said, for points uh, to opposition wing defenders of which Dacos would be classified. So could he be in for a bit of a lower score this week? Mm, hmm. Hopefully. As a non-owner, mm. hopefully. <laughs> yeah. It'll help us. Again, as a VC, I'd reckon take the risk. Like, yeah. Exactly. Seriously, Why not? I'd do it. If yeah. I had him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. And I think, I reckon Dim is very similar to like uh, a Chris Scott. Yeah. Um, mm. Probably more so. This is like, okay, we'll, we'll back in the quality that we've got in the park to just get it done as a team instead of targeting just one player. So, but who knows? I mean, off the back of two superstar-like games that they cost. Mm. Yeah, but it's a good, a good gamble, I think, to take. Could be a bit of a contrarian, as you said, um, selection. But there might be other people jumping on as well, but uh, who knows? But uh, another option is Luke Davies, a Uniac. And yes. he faces the Hawks on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at Utah's. And he's averaged 97 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 125, 105, 94, and 64, but has a season average of 149 in his last two games against, um, oh, sorry, last two games overall, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, this season. Yep. This season. Yep. Just, I was reading into that too much. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's something to uh, to to hang your hat on, Liam, if oh. you had one. Oh, no, wait, you do have one. But if you have a captain's hat to hang your you had on her. Yes. It's not a pirate hat. It's not a pirate hat. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, the one thing I think we're doing to I'll tell you is uh, the potential <laughs> McGuinness tag. Um, ah, yes. Does McGuinness go to him? So it's a risk. It's a risk. Uh, Simkin's obviously not playing. Um... I don't even know who else he could go to in that side at this stage. Um, so Aldi, you could be facing that. I don't think off memory, I didn't see the game, but from what I understand, uh, McGinnis didn't tag in the Sydney game. He did tag Merritt for, I think, the first half in the Essendon game. Um, so has tagged this year, um, but yeah, just one to consider, I guess. Um, whether it does go, whether he does go to LDU and, and limit his scoring ability. But as a VC, again, probably worth the risk. Mm. Moving on to the captaincy options. So these are a little bit later in the week. So later in the weekend. So these starts from Saturday, 
night at 7.30 at Adelaide Oval. It is Rory Laird against Port Adelaide. Did as did me wonders last week as the VC, mm-hmm. so could be a C this time. Uh, he averaged, here's an average of 117.5 in his last four games against the Power with scores of 93, 133, 125, and 119. And that 93 was his return game last season when he came, came well, started the season after injury and was the only, well, was only one of two times that he dropped below 100 for the year. And that second drop below 100 was a 97 in, I think, round 22. So, you know, pretty decent scoring average there if you consider that the 93 is unders. Yeah. So one one to consider, I think, are probably a relatively safe uh, yeah. a safe option for your VC. Uh, sorry, for your C if you need one. Mm. And if, if you're looking for a captaincy option in, in a head-to-head, maybe. Um, mm, maybe. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Maybe yeah, something we'll to consider. Yeah, wait and see uh, what you've got, Liam. Uh, but uh, the other option was uh, was the the is is the pink sweaty pig mm. and was the option last week for myself. Uh, he faces Sydney this weekend on Sunday at three twenty p.m. at the G, and he's averaged one nineteen in his last four games against the Swans with scores of one thirty four, one twenty five, one thirty, and eighty seven. So maybe I should have kept him for this week. Mm. Oh, well. So maybe got the, got the better, better average than Marcus Bontempelli. Maybe I should take him this week. Yes, maybe. Maybe I was the one looking ahead. <laughs> maybe <laughs> just by pure chance and luck. No, no, I was. I looked ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, of course. yeah. As yeah, yeah. did I. Uh, Sean Darcy is our next option, and he comes very left field, very left field, playing West Coast on Sunday at five twenty at Optus Stadium. He plays in the last game, which I know some people don't like to captain anyone in the the, the final game of the round. Which I don't know. I've never done it, but. I never considered yeah. that I don't do it until you raised it last year and I realized that I don't do it. Yeah. But I don't know why. But anyway, he's probably <laughs> the most left field option that we've got on this list today. And it is because Darcy has an incredible average in his last two against the Eagles with scores of 155 and 150. The Eagles also give away the most points to opposition Ruckman of all teams in the comp this year. It is a ballsy move, but it could pay off massively if he does kick score around that 150 155 mark um it's tough it's tough i don't know if i can do it but i'd love to see someone do it yeah it's living dangerously i mean mm. the matchup is there like it's as you say it's um makes sense but yeah i maybe maybe he will be my captain's option i don't know but speaking Ooh. of which then shall yes. we uh, shall we get into it yes let's get into it so just just i guess a quick recap as we spoke about last week uh we've we've kicked off a bit of a running running captaincy game where we select a viable captaincy option for the community and uh, each, and then we see who scores better and we, we keep a tally, a bit of a running tally, head to head and a total points tally as well. So Damon last week selected Oliver and I took Bunt as we mentioned, and obviously you got the chockies there, Damon, with uh, by just 10 points in the end, just 10 yeah, points. Yeah, it was close. Very, very well done, sir. Thank you, sir. Tip of the captain. uh, captain's cap Sorry, to you. Captain, I should tell you. <laughs> Uh, aye, aye, Captain Bird's Eye. <laughs> uh, see, he was a pirate, wasn't he? I don't know. But yeah. anyway. Was he? Yeah, I think he was. But yeah, he was a cap, but he he was he was a pirate. Like well, yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow. He's, he's a captain. Yeah, he's a captain. He's, yeah, exactly. But he's not like a, I don't know, this type of captain. I don't know what 
what sort of captain wears this hat. <laughs> oh, exactly right. Uh, not not you anyway for this week. That's uh, ooh, that's, ooh, that's the main right. thing. Oh, Barb's <laughs> not of the Carlton variety. Oh, <laughs> Those people who know Barb, the old uh, Carlton supporter. Uh, but yes, Liam, you have the um, the choice this week because we are alternating. Yes. Uh, selections. So who are you going to be going with? And remember, like we said, you can't pick the same mm. player as last week. I am going to go with What are you going for? The who? who I was I was for? thinking I was I was thinking you're gonna go for Clary, but no. I think I think the safest is Rory Laird. Mm, very good. I am going with the ever reliable Rory Laird this week. Yeah. What about you, nice. Damon? Well, and the reason I say that is because I would have gone for a relayed as well. Um, super safe option. But I'm going to be going with my VC option for this week mm. as my C option because you've taken my C. And it is the man who you chose last week in Bont. Zibont. Oh, take my man. <laughs> so I've taken your man. So hopefully he delivers for the for me this week mm. as he didn't for you last week. So we'll uh, we'll see what happened there. But um, just to, to summarize, so yes, uh, Someone actually did, uh, I forget to mention who the person's name was that suggested this. Um, I don't know if we can pull him up. Actually, I might, uh, did you want to just roll through yep. the, I might quickly pull up. I'll the run name through the, the, uh, the head-to-head so far. So as we said, last week, you took uh, right. Oliver, who scored 135. I took Bont, who scored 125, giving you the win. Obviously, this is the first week that we've we've done this. And you've got a plus 10 advantage over me in terms of points. Yes, so it was Simon Pullen. We'll give him a bit of a shout out. Uh, thank you, Simon. He gave us a little bit of uh, constructive feedback, which is good. Uh, a little bit of an idea, which we liked. He said, hey, guys, great pod. Like the idea of pick a captain each week. What about adding the points up of who you pick as an accumulated score instead of just the win or lose? It might add a bit of anticipation for each each week. So thanks again for the, uh, the kind words there, Simon, and for the uh, recommendation, because we are doing that. From it adds a bit like of, that. I like it because it adds a bit of strategy as well. Like yeah. I could pick someone like an LDU who's got a big, you know, could have a big ceiling, but also could hurt you if he doesn't score as well. So like you kind of got to think oh. about it. You know what oh. I mean? You could go someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could go someone that's steady, like a, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know who's particularly steady at this stage. Like an Oliver is usually steady. Yeah. Or, like yeah. normally scores at least 125, like a steel normally, but yeah, have a really steel, floor, yep, yep. but you could choose someone with a high ceiling to make sure you can make up some points as well. Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's a bit of danger. I like it. Mm, and you, we all know that uh, you like to live dangerously. <laughs> um, so nice. Uh, so thank you for that recommendation there. Yes. But something to look forward to each and every week. Hey, I got to know. And now we'd be normally throwing to our usual Liam last week. You, mm. I don't, There wasn't any feedback, <laughs> which I'm surprised with, mind you. Because I gave a little bit of feedback just as yeah. I listened to it live, which Maybe was, you were the- it was it was a touch of it was a touch of creepiness, a dash of sultriness, which was weird. I don't know how that came through, but I, I got that. I got that. I caught it. It was coming right at me, and I caught it with both hands. Maybe you were the only one that had an issue with it. Maybe everyone else liked it. Maybe, maybe, but I, I do refer to your rendition <laughs> of. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even emulate this. But it was like I got to know. So anyway, uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, you have no idea what I Got Snow is. It's our usual Q&A segment, which we normally throw to at this stage. But this week, we thought we'd uh, do a little bit differently because we're going to team up with the Loose Cannons mm. at Supercoach Masters and put our collective minds together to help answer your questions in a very special edition 
bonus episode. So if you're keen to have, um, you know, I guess have us chat through any conundrums, questions you may have for us, feel free to reply to our call out, which we will put out on Twitter uh, by the time you listen or watch this episode and we'll happily feature it on the episode. So I feel like it's a good um, introduction to the guys as well, if you're not familiar with their work. Um, And I guess likewise for any of their viewers uh, slash uh, listeners as well as an introduction to us. So um, we'll be chatting also through the trade options for those, unfortunately, are the owners of the injured Gorn and Steel, along with a couple of other trade-out options and discussing the change landscape, which we referred to earlier in terms of the forward primos with Gorn's injury now ruling him out of the expected forward ruck DPP, which we were hoping for. So look out for that bonus collaboration hitting YouTube over the coming days. Yes, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be good fun. I think we... Uh, it was pretty much like a... Um, what do we call it? Like, what's, what's the term for when you... Um, is it like a cold release? You know, when someone like has like a partner, like a new girlfriend, new new boyfriend or whatever, and they announce them on social media. Oh, is it like uh, a soft a soft launch? Is soft launch, called? soft launch, yeah. That was a, that was our soft launch uh, a couple of episodes back. We were like, we're doing a little collaboration with the Supercoach Masters. So that will be coming up over the coming days. So make sure you give that a bit of a watch on YouTube and might release it as a podcast as well, potentially. So we'll see how we go there. Or maybe, yes. maybe just make it a YouTube exclusive. Who knows? We'll just see, see how it goes. But there Liam, we go. let's, before we throw to our outro, wrap up for our Supercoach Edge. For the first time this season, the Supercoach Edge Cup group results for round two. Yes. Actually, second time, sorry. We, second we time for this one. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Uh, highest overall ranking for this round, well, overall now, is Puzzles. Uh, there's the team name. Yeah. Uh, for Shea. Shea. Sorry, I'm butchering a name. Who is number Shea? one in the group? Yes, I'm sorry. Butter? Sheer butter? Is that yeah. it? I use this stuff. I promise. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to their score, which was 2,351. Massive score there. And they have an overall ranking of 93 in the whole of the comp. And in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, our first round of head to heads kicked off on the weekend with the following results. Damon, do you want to run through them? Uh, yes. So it was uh, Carps Crushers. Uh, Wade's team took the chocolates over Dylan's Popper Ball FC. Uh, we have uh, the Sharpshooters in Brett beat the Tankers. Uh, Pete's team. Uh, we Ooh, have by three Matthews. points. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Should mention that. Yeah. Three points. And the Very previous sweet. match was by 11 points. So, Jesus. Very okay. close. Um, except for this one here. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just try close to home here. And it's Matthew's team, ton 618, beating your side, Church of mm. Paris, 2,282 to 2,140. So uh, 142 difference there, mm. but um, that hurt. Uh, it does hurt. And it uh, hurts me as well because I ended up losing as well. So how's about that? The uh, two hosts, uh, not victorious in the first week of head-to-heads. I got beaten by Scott Arthur's team, Black on White, uh, who scored 2292 against my 2200 2, even on the dot. So that's pretty much where yes. we sit at the moment. And mm. uh, on, on top we have uh, Black on White, Scott Arthur, uh, and all the other winners there. So, yeah, it's probably too early to go through all the um, mm. machinations of the ladder, but that's about it, isn't it? Yep. And that uh, brings us to the end of the show. But uh, before we go, we'll just run through the socials for the listeners, Damon. 
Yes, so on YouTube, uh, search Supercoach Edge, and don't forget, of course, to like and subscribe. We're trying to trying to boost the subscriber numbers, and I don't—they've stagnated really badly on YouTube. I, having said that, though, our listenership for season twenty twenty three is absolutely through the roof. Like it's to the moon, absolutely to the moon. Um, we actually cracked one point three k listens for last week's episode uh, as of yesterday, I think it was. So absolutely insane, uh, you guys and girls out there tuning in. So thank you so much. But if you can do us one little one little favor, if you can jump across to YouTube, give us a subscribe. You don't necessarily need to like, but just subscribe because you want to bump up the uh, subscription numbers because when we hit the 1K mark, we'll absolutely stop pestering you to throw us loose change. We won't be holding signs out in the street saying, you know, we'll, we'll drop pans for money. Krusty, are you making any money? Nah. That guy's giving it away for free. Old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. If you can help us out there with subscriptions, that would be perfect. But if not, that's all good as well. But uh, anyway, you can also hit us up on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge. You can find myself at DamoJ88 and Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95. And then on Facebook and TikTok, just search Supercoach Edge. Yes, well, very nice. That is it. So it's time to prepare for price changes and make those last switches to set your side before they come into effect next week. It's always a bit of fun, but a bit of frenetic fun. Uh, if that, so it's uh, it's it's a crazy, crazy time. But I don't know. It's almost like you're choosing between uh, who your favorite kid is virtually. I don't have kids, but it's like choosing between your set of fields or are you choosing between, a, I don't know, who else is there? Uh, Azebel, maybe. It's easy. I don't know. Setters. Setters. It's in his name, isn't it? <laughs> Set and forget a field. He said it. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's sign off there. We've, uh, we've hit a high note. All the best for the round ahead, and we'll catch you same time and same place. See you then. See you, guys. I didn't take off this bloody hat. <laughs> 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 I've worn it for the rest of the episode. What an idiot.